Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekend preview. It's Newcastle United versus Huddersfield Town at James Park. I'm joined here by our chief sports writer, Lee Ryder. Lee, um, on paper, it's a game Newcastle must win. Um, Newcastle fans will always be apprehensive when they hear that kind of thing because we all know that it would be typical Newcastle to yep. welcome Huddersfield, who haven't won in 13 games, who are bottom of the league. Um, welcome to St James's Park and, and, and lie down and get beat. Yeah, it's so dangerous, isn't it, that a team that haven't won since November will be 17 points behind Newcastle if Newcastle can get this win that we all hope for. Uh, they've conceded a lot of goals, they've had a change manager, they've hit the panic button. Um, they are staring championship football in the face. Uh, it does feel like a game Newcastle should be going out there and getting three points quite easily, but it just never works like that. Uh, Huddersfield will come here. Their manager will be drumming it in and that the pressure's off. They've got uh, they've sold out their away allocation, so their fans will be making a lot of noise up in level seven. So it's it's going to be a tough game. Rafa was very quick to get the warning messages out. Uh, he was saying it in Spain how you know difficult the Huddersfield game was. You know a week apart from this game, so I'm pretty sure the press conference tomorrow will be more of the same. Uh, very difficult game. Newcastle clear favourites to win. But as you say, that is always the danger. They're going to have to do everything um, to the to the book, basically, to get this win. I mean, how difficult is it, do you think, for players to keep focused and not to think, yeah, look, bottom of the league, they're coming here, we're going to win. You know, I mean, how hard is it, do you think, for players to, to not go in to the game with that mindset? It's difficult, but that that's what Rafa will have drummed in to them, as I say, over the week. He'll have had them down doing video sessions, looking at all of their strengths. And to be honest, that you know, this lot aren't a bad bunch of players. They stayed up last season. Um, if they get the if they can get their confidence back, then they might win a few games. Look at West Brom last season. That was unbelievable what happened there. Once once Pardew went and everyone thought they were relegated, they started winning a lot of games and came very close to staying up. So teams do sometimes have hidden ability. Uh, it's about the confidence and you know to, they'll see St James's Park as a place to refine the form. Most certainly, I mean, watching you know highlights of Huddersfield. Um, I mean, they, they did all right against Arsenal, um, yeah. but they do just look like a team who can't defend. And up front, they've got a big problem: fourteen goals and just twenty-six games. Um, and obviously, they've got a new striker in. He did grab his first against Arsenal after a bit of, I think it was awarded. By the goals panel rather than the referee on the day. Um, that's Colin Grant who came in from Charlton for two million. So that's a that's a big step up as well for him. Um, he'll be the danger man. Yeah. But I mean, first of all, how did Newcastle deal with him? He'll be on a high first goal. He'll be looking to really make an impression. Yeah, and no bigger stage than St James's Park um, for him to do that when you look at their fixtures. So 
it's going to be a nervous one, I think, in some ways. But an early goal could do Newcastle the world of good. Um, I've just like done my sort of prediction for the paper uh, and the website, of course. Um, and I've said Newcastle's big problem has been in some of their games when they get that one nil lead, they can't kill the game off. That was this case at Wolves. I know it was a, it shouldn't have been a goal, but you know, two nil that game's finished. Watford, they were eight minutes away from victory. Uh, Everton, they were winning away. Um, I know this one's at home, but one nil might not be enough to 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 finish this game off. So, yeah, you you're looking for an early goal, then something to build on, and you know, they're capable of it, but they just need to, things to fall their way. Do you think Benitez will be doing anything different to the Fulham game because? Newcastle came into that game as favourites. I think Fulham hadn't kept a clean sheet all season and very nearly won the game in the end if it wasn't for a great tackle by uh, Jamal Lascelles at yeah. the death. Yeah. And I think we'll both agree uh, that it was one of the worst games of football that we'd, we'd watched this season, if if not over many seasons. It wasn't yeah. a good game. Newcastle looked not really with it. Yeah. Do you think you'd be doing anything different to make sure that that doesn't happen? Because... That win against Fulham, you know, would have been a huge three points, and of course, a win against Huddersfield would be even bigger. Thing is, no, no, Raphael, you'll you'll tell the players how important it is to win this game. But by the same token, if he could, if he was guaranteed a point out of the game, uh, I still think he would probably take that ahead of risking not getting all three. If that makes sense, yeah. uh, I think against Fulham, the get after the first half, they hadn't scored. The second half, they seem to go out with the mentality of, you know, let's try and win. But if we can't win, let's not lose. And I know they nearly did lose, but that one point could prove the difference between pushing Fulham towards the championship and keeping Newcastle where they are. So if it gets to a certain stage in the game and Newcastle look like they're taking the foot off the gas, then I think that might have, have happened again. A point would feel, at the final whistle, would feel like a disaster. But overall, bigger picture. If they can, if they drew that game and then beat Burnley, suddenly the the big step closer to safety, they're starting to edge edge towards um, you know the what I think will be the the survival um, tally. I think this year will probably be about thirty four. It's going to be quite low, isn't it? I mean, that was my next question. Was obviously Burnley come on Tuesday again, another home game in James yeah. Park. You know, the form hasn't been too bad. It, it obviously beat Man City at home to Newcastle. So there's not really that kind of nervous fear there was early on the season when you went to St. James's Park and you, you didn't really expect them to win. Yeah. But do you think that Rafa's game plan for Huddersfield will be done with the thinking that, you know, Burnley are only a few days away? Or is it still going to be every game by itself? You know, it's, it's one game at a time. I think... Noy privately will have planned the week ahead. Um, his team selection will be influenced by the fact there's two games in very close proximity. So, for example, there's not there's some players who can't really play back to back ninety minutes. Paul Dummett being one of them um, because he's not he's not fully fit and he's not fully up to speed. It would be difficult to see him risking him, you know, over both games ninety minutes. So, I think that that will influence Rafa's. Um, thought plan in terms of players but realistically the one you've got to keep fit for me and the one you've got to wrap in cotton wool is Rondon because he's the only real goal threat he scored the winner in this game 
uh, back in December, was it? And it, there's been certain games where he's had one chance and he's taken it. I think the stats show he's had a hand in 41% of Newcastle's he's goals such, this such season. such a crucial player, yeah. Um, which, again, just goes to prove that maybe Rafa Benitez was, was correct on that one. Um, yeah. From Rondon to... Because um, there's quite a few selection dilemmas to, to be had this weekend. Positive, may we add. Uh, we'll start with Miguel Almiron. Um, obviously, record signing, potential for his full home debut. There's going to be a flag display by War Flags, um, which which will be excellent before uh, kickoff. But, for he's, you know, he's coming. Big fanfare, big fee. Fans are excited. But Iosi Prez, you know, has been crucial and he's not done too badly again over the last few weeks, months after that kind of bit of difficult time he went through. But obviously, he's, you know, he's scored a couple of goals and, mm-hmm. you know, his, his work rate has improved. Um, but would you start uh, Amiron? I would, personally. I think he's ready. I think he's fit enough. He's definitely fit enough. It's a case of, does Rafa think he can gel in the team quickly in a big game? Um and can he hit the ground running in terms of your home debut? I think he can. I think we've seen enough from him. I think. I mean, I was lucky enough to watch the open training session in Spain, and I seen him have some great touches. Um, such a great turn of pace. Once he gets going, I think he's going to get a few goals, and I think this would be a perfect game to start him. Uh, maybe chop and change it again against Burnley. Who knows? Um, but I think this is the perfect game for him to come in and make an impact he seems very focused he doesn't seem like a player that will get carried away with hype um and he's and he genuinely seems like a nice lad as well i think his agent was saying uh only yesterday how you know he's his ideal night is it is a night in front of the telly which is a great thing for the fans to hear because you don't want players who you know want to be uh there's a time and place to go out of course they can go out after games but you don't want players uh frequent in the local bar scene uh, in the build-up of games. Almost certainly. And just on the, the note there about Amiron and Perez, I suppose it'll be interesting to see Benitez's man management because if Perez is dropped, and obviously it's a team game and Perez is very much a team player, but you know he could feel aggrieved because he hasn't done anything wrong, in my opinion at least, to, to be dropped. But of course, like I say, you've got the whole record transfer fee, etc., making maybe that decision a little easier but it'll be interesting how Benitez deals with that because he might need a norm on the shoulder and just say you know you've done nothing wrong you're still in my first team plans it's just it's a game by game basis kind of thing yeah I mean there was a time at the start of the season with Perez where it, people you know he had a bad run he had a bad start of the season and, and he got dropped and then he came off the bench I think it was against Watford and he scored uh, the winner to get the first win of the season so there was then there was there was a kind of I heard there was a bit of a debate behind the scenes as could Perez be better as an impact sub in, in some games. Um, maybe this is the game where, you know, you take him out, he's disappointed, but he reacts in the right way. Um, things might not go well uh, to begin with and you've got someone ideal to come off the bench who knows where the net is uh, and is also fired up and I think that, that could work well and that's what Rafa might have sold him uh, in the build up of the game he might have just said look you're not in the team this week um, from the start but um, I still may, I might well be needing you this afternoon so stay on your toes definitely be an interesting one moving back a bit into centre midfield um, Rafa's got a lot of choices to make we briefly discussed this in 
uh, the feature podcast earlier this week, but um, we're going to do it again because obviously it is going to be a really interesting um, decision that Rafa's got to make. So we've had Longstaff in here and start the, the last few games. Um, the stats show that Longstaff has run ran the furthest. I think he's fourth overall in the Premier League since the debut against Chelsea. Uh, Hayden again hasn't put a foot wrong. They've built a really strong partnership. Yeah. But you do have the army back. You have Key, who has admitted he's not yet at the level he would like to be to you know that he was before he left for the Asian Cup. And then Shelby as well working back to fitness, and he'll not be too far off. Um, if you're Benitez, you're, you're, you're smiling at this decision, aren't you? I think it's brilliant. I think it's just what exactly what a manager wants. He wants competition for places. Um, let's try and analyse it a bit and take Shelby out of the equation for the minute because we don't think he's fit. So Shelby's out there. Um, then for me, it is who, who would partner Sean Longstaff because on merit, he should stay in the team. So that leaves you with Hayden, Key and Diame. Um, the army got a good stint of minutes under his belt. He trained well in Spain, as did Key. Hayden has probably done enough to keep the shirt. But one other little factor that is now coming into this is that the army needs starts to trigger the extension on his contract. Uh, Rafa, <laughs> Rafa will be thinking long term as well, and he'll also be thinking uh, if I do stay here. I'm going to need the army next season, so I need to get. What there was a rumor last week that it was three more starts. There's only twelve games left, so if it is three starts, you want to get them ticked off and just get that that one secured so that his contract is sorted. Because you know what what it's been like at Newcastle. Deals aren't easy to come by. He'll need him um, next season. So I personally think he might go with the army and long staff. Uh, do you think Hayden's? long-term future will also play into that because obviously we know he wants to go he's probably likely to go in the summer um, obviously that'll be player dependent and obviously be dependent on you know Benitez as well but he's probably likely to leave after the end of the season um, do you think that'll have any benefit any any you know way on the any decision f- will it factor into it uh, possibly because really you want players who are committed and I know he's done well and he's, and he's scored in the last Premier League game so it would be a very harsh decision to to leave him out. But I just think long-term Rafa will be thinking he needs the army. Um, he's not really someone you bring off the bench, the army. So, and he might feel it's easier to tell Hayden, not that he's afraid of big decisions, but it's easy. It's almost easier to say, look, we, we know you don't want to be here. I'm trying to build for the future. I'm putting the army in. Do you think that the options it will be either one of Diarmi and Hayden and then one of Key, Longstaff and then Shelby when he's fit because Hayden, Diarmi, very defensive-minded players, whereas the other three mentioned there are much more get the ball turning and, and look to get in at the channels for Rondon? Yeah, I mean, what he wants really at the minute is just is two holding midfielders who aren't going to do anything too crazy. Um, uh, obviously, as I say, Hayden did get a goal at Wolves so he showed that side of his game but again Huddersfield will want to be really compact because Huddersfield will come here and they'll try and you know test Newcastle early on uh, Shelby was an interesting one because Shelby over in Spain was talking about how he admitted there was a big battle for places and he said you know he would love to play with Sean Longstaff 
Um, if those comments were reversed the other way around, Longstaff saying he'd love to play with Shelby, no one would be surprised. But it's a senior player now talking about how, how much he wants to be involved with with the youngster in midfield is great for Longstaff's confidence. I mean, I'm sure this is a point we'll get on to in the next few weeks, but do you see that? Could could that work? Because they've, while Shelby probably would play maybe deeper than Longstaff, because he likes to pick the ball up there, he hasn't really got that defensive capabilities that the likes of Hayden or the Army have got. So does, would that not leave Newcastle a bit vulnerable, do you think? I don't I think... I mean, Longstaff can play both defensive midfielder and attack. We haven't actually seen him play attacking midfielder yet, which is probably the position that he enjoys the most. And he, we will see him score goals in the future. No, I've got no doubt about that because he's got an unbelievable shot on him and he's got a, he's almost got a, a striker's instinct in terms of other chances. At the minute, he's almost been held back, being told to play more defensively, get interceptions in, all that sort of thing. Um, Shelby can sit as well, so they've got they've got a good mix of um, midfielders. Because if you remember, the army in the championship season was almost played as a number ten, and he he had some disappointing games, uh, but he also had games where he, he scored a couple of vital goals um, in it. I mean, I think it was a very fortunate one at uh, Brighton away, but it was you know they all count as you say, and. Uh, he ha- he has got that knack of getting goals as well, and he can push forward. So, Rafa's got a lot of options. It's it's whether, um, tactically he decides to flick the switch and say, "Come on, let's have a go." And he hinted to me the other day that once they are safe, he might be a bit braver in terms of pushing on and trying to put on a bit of a show. Hopefully, Newcastle can get there sooner rather than later. Um, Matt Ritchie is the other interesting one because. Obviously, like you say, Paul Dummett is going to be back in the fold. You've got Bereka. Uh Matt Richie has been at left wing back. He, again, has done absolutely nothing wrong. He's been very good. Plenty of running. Um, crosses into the box. Uh, do you see him sticking there for this, this weekend? Is he going to play that left wing back role? Or do you see him maybe switching back to the right and someone else in midfield, maybe Atsu dropping to the bench? I mean, we're talking here Thursday midday. Uh, my instinct is that he would start with Richie there and maybe put Dummett in from the start against Burnley uh, and change things around a bit that way I don't know for sure but no, nobody knows but I know Matt Richie, whatever position you put him in he'll give 100% and I, as I say last week in Spain we got a really good close look at the squad and the mood and you know the, the, the players that make the squad tick and Richie's one of them you know he can't it's almost like he can't keep still he's buzzing around on the training field off it he's wanting to challenge everyone to games of table tennis and stuff like that and golf and all all these games I think Rafa had to restrict them to playing a nine hole game after they got one I think they got one afternoon off so before anyone thinks it was a jolly for them I think they got one afternoon off and they wanted to play 18 holes of golf but Rafa said you can play nine just to try and uh, preserve the the limit the risk of injuries if you like so Matt Ritchie was the one that was driving all these people to to do different things. And you need you need that in a squad and you know, you need that in any any group that are gonna do well and you know, he's up there and whatever position Rafa puts him in over the next two games, he won't let anybody down. Almost certainly not. Um so we'll say Yedlin at right back and then you have the three across the middle there, three centre backs. It's a it's another positive selection dilemma because 
you, someone's going to have to miss out and it's going to be someone who's a very capable centre-back. Uh, so who are you thinking would be the one to miss out? I mean, Fernandes is the one who can't get a look in at the minute. Uh, Fabian Schur, I don't think you could drop him. He's played well. Uh, Lascelles is, is probably playing his best spell of the season. Um, and then after that, really, you've, you're kind of looking at it and you're thinking, Rafa's got a lot of options again. It's like the midfield situation. Um, and all I know is, is that somebody on Saturday is going to be very disappointed. Not only that they haven't made it into the eleven, that they're in the stands watching. Mm. And, you know, that Rafa will be... He'll sympathise with the player, but deep down he'll be thinking, I know now next week in training, whoever comes in is going to uh, is going to be fighting for mm. their place. Because you can't really see Lejeune dropping out because since no. he's returned I mean Lascelles has been a, another improvement in his, his play as well I mean Lejeune has been a breath of fresh air yeah he done he made some crucial interventions at Wolves I just can't I, I don't think he's got any issues with the, the three centre backs um, but by the same token he'll still have them all believing that they're sweating that the place is at stake at the weekend of course Kevin Clark as well as the, is the other option um, and then to goalkeeper Martin Dubravka, uh, obviously lots of talk about him, given what happened at Wolves. But I mean, this is going to be the shortest answer in the world, I imagine. He's not going to be dropped for Saturday, is he? I, I would be shocked. But what I will say is, is that had the Wolves game been on a Saturday and Newcastle had a Tuesday night game, like they have coming up this week uh, against Burnley, I think that the decision might, might have been different in the eyes of, of Rafa because at that at that stage the, the aftermath of what happened at Wolves would have still been fizzing around Dubravka's head um, thankfully they were able to go to Spain um, I, I spoke to Dubravka over there and he said that they sorted all their issues out in the dressing room at Wolves and they got on the plane and it wasn't mentioned again and then uh, obviously Lascelles also said sorry to him uh, so they've had there's a big gap between Molyneux and the weekend and I think that Dubravka now will be ready to, to play again. He had a bit of a rest in Spain, he didn't play against CSK Moscow but I do think that had had a Tuesday game and after Wolves would, had Wolves been a Saturday game um, I think the decision might have been different. Do you think the reason he didn't play against CSK Moscow was because Benitez would have thought, okay, he still might be a bit nervous. And then if he makes a mistake in that friendly game, then his nerves are going to be shattered even more. And then it is a decision that really needs to be made for the game against Huddersfield. Do you think that was a bit of clever management on Benitez's part? Absolutely, because... I mean, look what happened with Almiron. Almiron um, <coughs> Almiron had a, it had a steady game, in my opinion, but others thought... He was poor because he didn't score or create a goal and didn't do anything spectacular. And it suddenly got billed as him having a bad game. Imagine what would have ha- potentially happened if, as you say, if, if Dubravka had a dropped one or something like that. With the wind and everything, it w- would have been not... Uh, it would have been likely. Exactly. It, more negative headlines would have potentially affected him. Um, and I think Rafa just thought, it's time for a rest. He's had a good week's training. We don't need a risk. I mean, you don't want to injure him as well. I mean, he's... He's, to, to be honest, not a lot of people know it, but Dubravka's 
been carrying a couple of little knocks and aches as every player does through a season it doesn't really get talked about that much he has had a couple of little niggles that you know may have may have made him a little bit less confident in certain situations I don't know you don't sometimes want to to go too far into that conversation with a player because they'll feel they want to get through it Um, it's a sensitive subject sometimes with certain players but going back to your original question, he's got to, he's got a start against Huddersfield, and I think if every fan in the stadium had a a button to vote who would play, I think uh, they'd pick Dubravka. You might get one that might say someone else, but there you go. Most certainly. Well, uh, Lee, we'll finish off as usual with your score prediction for Newcastle versus Huddersfield. Well, I think they need to get that early goal and then obviously need to kill the game off and then I think they'll try and seal things off securely from there. So I'm going to go for 2-0. 2-0, there you have it. Well, ladies and gents, thank you very much for joining us. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, keep up with all the latest Newcastle United news, including Rafa Benitez's press conference tomorrow, which is Friday, and of course, live match coverage of the game at St James Park through our live blog on Saturday and all the post-game reaction as well. Thank you very much.